Hi there, and welcome to The Canon with Charity Danielle. Here, we'll fill our arsenals with healthy artillery that heals. There's so much to talk through in the world. Why not do it together? This will be a safe space. We will get through the common and the uncharted territory. One of the most exciting things about this show, we'll also have a range of amazing extraordinaires that'll join in on our fun. So come on, join me on my journey to live by faith, grow in grace, and walk in love. Are you ready? Welcome to another episode of The Canon with Charity Danielle. I am super, super excited for reasons that I'll share with you in a moment. Um, I must apologize to you all. I have been preparing for this particular podcast for a while, but with so much going on in the world, which I'm sure we'll dab into a little bit in the episode, I've just had to take some time away for me. Um, But now I'm back. I'm excited. So I promised you all in the last episode that we would finally start to have other special guests come on the show with us. And today I have my sister, friend, sorority sister, sister in the faith, you name it, she is. She's here with me today. I'm so excited to have her. Can you all welcome Miss Tashay Woods? Hello, hello, hello. Y'all, I'm so excited. So she has literally been on several different panels just carrying on about the issues of the world. (laughs) Um, And so she's come to chat a little bit with us today. So sister, I'm not even going to get into the sister is everything. She is a student. She's a mom. She's a business owner. Um, definitely a fashionista. She will gather you with the style. Okay. So (laughs) she's all of that. Um, but today we invited her on to talk about, um, baggage claim. So I had earlier in the year sat through and thought about, you know, podcast titles and content information. But when I thought about this, I knew that she was the person I wanted to talk about this particular issue with. So we're going to jump right in and just kind of we'll ease our way so you don't have to worry about your edges being snatched today completely at the beginning right so um what is baggage claim to you like when i first sent you the content what did you think about um so it was so much i was like yeah i know exactly why sister uh picked this this (laughs) this this one for me um but i it was almost like I had a visual when I when I began to read the questions and I could see like um, weighty things. And and that's what I just was thinking about, things that were weighing me down, things that kept me down, things that kept me stagnant, things that kept me, you know, from being able to move on. And um, that's exactly what I thought about uh, when you when when we got those questions. Right. Okay. So when I initially considered the topic, um, it wasn't about the fact that she's a weighted down person. It wasn't like that. It was um, just based on some of the conversations that we've had in private about how sometimes women, um, and especially um, African-American women who serve in other roles like moms and entrepreneurs, how internally we can be carrying so much in our multifaceted roles that 
sometimes we don't realize that it's time to unpack. It's time to shed some weight. It's time to let some things go. So I'm going to hop in with our very, very first question in that how did you know that you were, well, first, how did you first know that you were carrying unnecessary baggage or unnecessary people? So I would say I first knew when um, I have a 13-year-old daughter and um, typically it's it's like an unwritten or unspoken, you know, binomer that black women and their daughters don't get along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I didn't want that to be the case even before I had my daughter, but there was such a disconnect between she and I, and it wasn't from her, it was from me. Mm. Um, the lack of affection that I was able to show her, um, she was very affectionate. She liked hugs. She would like to come in and, you know, in my room or in my bed and just be around me and be up under me. And I was extremely uncomfortable mm. and I couldn't push past why I couldn't understand what it was. And um, that was my first time really noticing that there was baggage that I was carrying. And then in a specific season of my life, um, there was a disconnect heavily in worship. You know, Uh, one thing I am is is a worshiper, mm -hmm. but I would be in worship and it's like everybody was in except me. Wow. And I couldn't push through. I couldn't it was just a complete disconnect. And I was like, okay, I know something is off here. Yeah. I think um, to the point about moms, I think that that is such an interesting phenomenon because earlier on, it was kind of the same with my mom and I. Um, We didn't have a close relationship growing up per se, but I think um, later once she became an adult and we were able to kind of maturely talk through some things, I realized that some of her stuff, you know what I mean, that she had not dealt with was kind of the mountain between us for a long time. And even, you know, in other areas, even outside of church and parenting, sometimes we just realize when we can't sleep at night, when we can't eat, you know, on a normal basis, maybe that is a sign that you are carrying something that you don't have to. So in your opinion, uh, what was the biggest opposing force that you encounter on your journey to live light or to live lighter? Um, definitely, you know, I mean, I'm a church girl, but, and I try not to be so churchy all the time, but it be what it be. You right. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So, uh, <laughs> before we get into the real deep stuff, just on a really surface level, forgiveness, forgiveness for me, um, you know, and I, I pride myself on, or at least I thought until God started exposing <laughs> some stuff to me, but I thought, you know, I was very forgiving right. and, um, you know, somebody told me something, they, they said that. Until you can pray success and happiness and wealth and prosperity on that person that has done you wrong and truly mean it, you haven't forgiven them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> are you praying? <laughs> Correct. Because <laughs> like uh, Fanika said, you 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 can't. No, that was LeBron. He said, you you can't be mad at somebody you interceding for. And I was okay. like, well, man, I'm not okay. stepping on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I think for me, it was... um realizing that I am incapable of saving everybody. So it wasn't an internal work per se that was my heaviest burden. It was legit me trying to 
do everything for everybody, yeah. be everything for everybody. And, and I was taking on the burdens. It wasn't even like the burdens of the world were placed on me. Yeah. No, if you needed something, I was there. If you needed help, I was there. If you needed money, I gave what I had. But just getting to that point and realizing that in taking on other people's stuff, you even in the spirit and even emotionally and mentally take on other people's stuff and it's unhealthy and you end up carrying around weights that, that were never meant for you. Yeah. That's so true. Wow, that's good. So in your experience, has rejection ever affected your liberation process or your process to really relinquish those um, things or people that would be considered baggage in your life? Has rejection affected that in any way? Oh, absolutely. Um, as I mentioned, um, the, the relationship between moms and daughters, my own mother and I, um, we, we had a it was hard for us to to get to a place of understanding for a very long time. And um, I realized that I was dealing with a lot of rejection from her um, because I felt like that same, actually the same love that my daughter desired for me, I realized it was a time where I desired the same for my mom. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that she, you know, didn't want to, she literally was just incapable and yeah. it was something that she dealt with. And um, so it, it was like a, a generational thing. Yeah. And we had to really deal with it. First, I had to deal with it myself and I had to come to an understanding of the fact that um, she wasn't being, you know, she wasn't doing it to be malicious. It was mm -hmm. literally something that she was just dealing with. Um, and and outside of that, when it came to relationships, even dealing with men, um, like like Charity stated, I, I'm a, um, a mom. I'm a single mom. And um, I, I'm no, no longer with my children's father. And so when I would date, I felt like having those children, it was a barrier. And I felt like a mm. lot of times when things didn't work out with guys, that rejection that I would receive, I felt like it was definitely because of that. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. I get it. I, um, I, so my interest for my doctoral studies have to do with the phenomenon of narrative theology. And it's this idea that we come to experience God through our lived experiences. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I noticed earlier on that my experiences with people, especially when it came down to rejection, built up this unintentional theological stance that if I wasn't perfect or if I wasn't all being or all doing to others, that there would be a subconscious like consequence from, from the father, from father God being wow. as like, oh, if well, if I don't go to church and if I don't give my all and if I don't make it my everything, the Lord will withhold yeah. or reject some things yeah. from me. And that is so not like God in oh. the sense that, you know, God withholds no good thing from us. And sometimes I think even outside of spiritual cases, we start to um, almost like reflect or project mm -hmm. our insecurities as, as, as it relates to rejection and stuff like that onto yeah. other people. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm going to withhold love from you because I ultimately don't want you to withhold love Listen. from me. I'm going to withhold my care from you because I don't want you to withhold it from me. Yeah. And, and I just found even that is a burden. I'm trying so hard. I, I tell people all the time in my adult life, I came into realizing that I am truly my name. God designed me to love, to be a lover. But there was a time in my life where I was like, no love for nobody but me. You know, <laughs> like I'm not giving any love. I don't want to show love. But the truth is that part of me 
was hurting and yeah. didn't want to be further rejected, didn't want to be further alienated. So I kept myself, you know, and so we have to be careful. So in thinking about that, I want you to think about somebody who cares for you really deeply. It doesn't have to be romantically, but it could be um, just somebody who cares for you deeply. What would they say you carry the most? What would they say is your ultimate burden? So this question right here, I had to really think about this one right here. I mean, I knew immediately the person I would say like that carries, you know, the most care for me. Um, definitely my mom um, in this season of my life. Um, and what she would say that I carry the most. Do you mean in a positive aspect or negatively? Or? Let's say negatively in this okay. sense. We can go back to the positive, but you know, sometimes the people we love see things that we don't. Yeah. And when I was trying to be superwoman, my friends were the first to call it. Hey, you doing too much. You got a lot going on. So that's what I mean. Like who, what would they say is your almost like weakness or downfall when it comes to burdens? Um, my mother would say, well, my mother did say, shout out to Marcia, okay? <laughs> one thing about her, she does not bite her tongue. And I guess one day she just got so fed up with my foolishness. She and I are not only friends, we're also Facebook friends. And she was like, Tashay, I'm sick of seeing this <laughs> on Facebook. She was like, you're a woman scorn. And I was like, mom, what? And she was like, you so hurt. You you just can't everything that comes out your mouth, everything that exudes you. And she was like, you're not that person. She was like, but everything is like somebody hurt you. Somebody, you know, she was like, you are so scorned and, and hurt. And she was like, you need to deal with that. And I was so offended, you know, when she told me, but I had to sit with it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I had to sit in it. And I had to allow that to penetrate and to process. And I began to observe, you know, just like she said, some of the things I said on, on social media, just how I kept the, the songs I listened to, <laughs> like I was hurt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and she was like, you know, you allow, you, you're very compassionate and you allow that sometimes to um, oversee the potential that a person has, or rather you see the potential. And so you just overlook everything else. Oh, that's wow. Wrong with the person. Wow. And it causes you to, to, to be in these situations where you end up hurt. Listen, shameless plug right here. Okay, first of all, there is um, a book and the name of the author is escaping me, but I promise it'll come up. Matter of fact, I'm gonna look at it um, in between while I'm saying it. But the book is called Heart Made Whole. So I came to Miami and um, I wasn't in a hurt season, but I also realized I wasn't in a whole season wow. because I have come to realize that there is a difference in being healed and being whole. So I can be on my healing journey, yeah. but still not be a complete person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's by Krista Black Guilford. Right. So amazing book. But anyway, so that that was my thing, the difference between healing and wholeness. So for me, um, I think that one thing that people realized that I did was I'll, I would be like, well, it's not hurting me. So there's nothing wrong yeah, with it. Yeah. Oh, well, I love that person. Mm -hmm. And they're not necessarily bad to me, right, even right. if they're bad for me, but they're not bad to me. So um, like you mentioned, 
hey, sometimes we can love people or care about things so much, not even people things sometimes, that we will overlook those red flags. Yeah. And that would be me. Oh, they're a good person. They just yeah. need somebody yeah. to love them through it. Or they're a good person. Or, you know, I want to do this particular thing. And sometimes... It's about our capacity for a thing. It's about what God has called us to do. I see some people carry some burdens that I'd be like, that's not me, sis. That ain't me. I cannot do it. You know what I mean? But I wasn't called to do it either. And sometimes we just have to really realize what is for us and what's not. Now, I ain't going to lie, sister. I used to be the judgy person in that when I used to see people going off on social media, I, I would be like, who hurt them? Me. You know, you would have been like that. Prior, <laughs> listen, that was me. I used, she got <laughs> sick of it. My mama was so sick. She called me one day. We were not even around each other. She was sick <laughs> of me. Listen, okay? no, I, for real, I was like, I used to do that. And then sometimes I realized that people, they honestly utilize whatever outlet they feel like they have. And sometimes that is social media. Now, that's not my thing, only because I am probably overly private. So there are some things that I don't want people to know. But I, when I started actually talking to some of these people, it's like they didn't feel like they had anywhere else to outlet, Mm -hmm. you know, those emotions. And so they did that. But, and you know what, sometimes let me just say this. Sometimes that hurt is so deep within you that you, you pick things to share and, 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 you know, post on social media that you don't even realize exude that. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I would be sharing stuff and she'd be like, read this, what you said. And I'm like, well, I thought it was funny. And she's like, nobody else thinks it's funny. You look hurt. And you literally don't even realize, but it has consumed you. Yeah. The hurt has literally consumed you that yeah. much. And I think that's a great point to recognize that, hey, maybe I got some baggage I need to deal with. Exactly. When you are so deep into your emotions, about a thing, a person, a place, whatever. Um, Because, you know, a lot of times we get into thinking that baggage is people, but I've had some places to be baggage that I've been in seasons where I knew it was time for me to leave. I knew the Lord was saying move, you know, and I stayed and it became a place of baggage. So, you know, it's not just about people, but in in general, what do you think are things that we people, and I'm going to make this very specific to women in this this question Mm -hmm. that we avoid because it's hard or scary when it comes down to our own baggage. Um, so for me, you got into it a little bit. You, when you were talking earlier, I think, um, sometimes, especially when you, you're carrying baggage, you, you hold, you, you withhold that love or that, you know, I'm not going to give you my all because I'm not sure that you're going to give me, you know, your Mm -hmm. all. And, and I think that definitely for me, that was a big thing. And it was, we are, women, we're nurturers, you know, just by nature. And so we can care for you and have you thinking that we really care for you and really on the inside it is very shallow and surface level but the nurturers in us will have you thinking that we you know right right so i think when it comes to giving your all 100 now i think a lot of times we withhold that that particular thing absolutely i i agree a thousand percent another thing that i think that we do um is we, I remember um, a former pastor of mine, he used to say this all the time. Sometimes we get so addicted to chaos that we don't know how to live in peace. And I think sometimes our baggage looks like our inability 
to find comfort where there is calmness because we have been so used to drama and hurt and people treating us a certain type of way that when we really experience what life should be like, it's different. It's almost like overwhelming. Yeah. And I see that a lot in relationships. I've seen women sabotage good men because they are like, no, I'm used to being talked at rudely, you know, right. (laughs) You know, but even outside of that, you talk about jobs, people get into jobs where people actually are professional and treat you, you know, based on your quality and qualifications. And sometimes people just don't know how to deal with the good. For me, I think that sometimes we self-sabotage. Sometimes we get into a place where our protection and our boundaries are really up out of fear. And it's out of fear of something good. And, And I think that's something that people do more times than not without thinking about it. So, Think back to a time where you truly felt transformed. What what happened? How did you begin to change and why or what was your purpose for changing? This question, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um so I'll never forget the year. 2015 was just a year of total transformation for me and it started with me um not recognizing myself. I didn't recognize, um, you know, the person that I become, the the mother that I become, the daughter. I was just unrecognizable to myself, mm. and um, I I just it was like I was halted, and it, it I, I I was hopeless. I was in a hopeless situation, wow. and I was like, this is not me. This is not where I should be. Mm-hmm. This is not where my life should be. Like I'm like Lord, like I said, I'm trying not to be. But it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and literally he was the only one that could help me out of that. And um I just I just had to turn to him in a real way. You know, like I said before, I grew up as a church girl. Mm-hmm. And so church was what I did. Yeah. You know, I knew it real well. Right. I knew how to go through all the motions, yeah. all of that. Um, but it wasn't until 2015 that I developed a real true relationship with Christ. And I'll never forget the time he would wake me up every morning at 3.52 and I'd be like, Lord, I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> and it was the same time Listen. every, every morning. And, you know, it was like, okay, are you going to, you going to talk to me? You're going to listen to me? You're going to, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I just want to go to, I got to go to work, you know? Right. And he was like, no, I need to talk to you. And so you won't sit down and be still in the day. So I got to get you right now. Wow. Wow. And he would speak and he began to speak to me and we developed like, I mean, the kind of relationship that I had with Christ, it was no different than my closest friend that was in the physical. Wow. And, and, and it was a time of us really, really, really getting to know, well, not getting to know one another because he already knew me. I got to know him, Yeah, yeah. you know, for my own self. And so, yeah, that was, it was a, a great time for me. I think back on two two very specific occasions, right? So I feel like we as people are ever transformed. We're ever evolving, ever revolving. But there were two times in particular and both had to do with health. One had to do with me, but one didn't. So um, I talked a little bit about this and I intended to do an episode on it, but time got away from me. But September was PCOS Awareness Month. And um, I'm very open about um, my diagnosis with PCOS and endometriosis. Endometriosis, it is 
more than what people would imagine because a lot of people don't even know about it. But um, it is very normal um, for a lot of women. But anyway, so my PCOS at a time, um, I also told, I think on the last episode that there was a time that I was diagnosed with a brain tumor, benign brain tumor. And um, it was growing. And so I had begun to meet with neurosurgeons and stuff like that. And I remember sitting um, with my doctor before he referred me out to the neurosurgeon. And he said, when we did um, this biopsy, I had some blood work done, a small biopsy. He said, do you know what was the biggest chemical agent within your tumor? And I said, you know, no, obviously what? Mm -hmm. And um, he said, it's the same hormone that is stress induced. And he said, whoever and whatever is stressing you out is literally about to kill you if you're not careful. And it was at that very moment that I realized, first of all, people aren't worth it, but things are not worth it. And I'm talking about having a tumor that they consider inoperable. Um, and then because it wasn't cancerous, there wasn't any chemo or anything that I could do for the tumor except to try to take medicine in hopes that it would shrink or just, you know, pray it on away. And um, that was the moment in my life that I realized my life needed transforming because I had internalized. At that time, I was like post bad breakup. I was in a very heavy friendship at the time that the responsibility was a lot, you know, and just other things that were going on with school and work and trying to balance all of these other things. um, I really at that moment, I woke up and realized that if stress is what's growing this tumor, it got to go, you know? And so that was the first moment. But the second thing I think about is a friend of mine happened to be in physical therapy and she didn't have a diagnosis at the time, um, but they were trying to figure out what was going on with her. And she had some restrictions as far as mobility. And I remember the physical therapist said, Some of the work that he was doing um, in his postdoctoral work had to do with the fact that our physical bodies internalize emotional stress. And he said, you won't realize it, but there are literal weights, weights of gravity that will, you know, assume themselves to your physical body because of what you're dealing with on the inside. And I think it was like another wake up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to wake up, you know, and can't move, can't breathe, can't talk, can't do what I need to do to the fullest extent. And he's not talking about, you know, if you sad, you're going to wake up in a wheelchair. We aren't talking about that. We are talking about how stress induces anxiety and how anxiety manifests itself in different forms for different people. Some people shake, some people eat, some people cry, you know, whatever your thing is. But I think that was the other moment that I realized, hey, something about my life has to change. And that wasn't even about me. You know, he was talking about the other person, but it was just transforming for me. So um, if you think back now, I know you talked about a time in 2015 where you realized that you needed to be transformed. But if you could look back, what advice would you give yourself or have given yourself three years ago? Um, So three years ago... Three years ago, I was in the in the I would say process um, of where God wanted to take me from from him his his speaking to me in 2015, and um, just to to go real life, you know, like you said, I had just come out of bad relationship, just um, lack of of motivation, you know, failure to thrive. I was going through a lot, 
at that time in 2015. And so 2017, which is about three years ago, um, I was moving, I was on my way moving forward. And um, I saw a psychologist one time talk about this, about the, the um, momentum that you get when you're coming out of trauma. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where I was. In 2017, you know, I was trying to heal, like you said, from all of the, the trauma that I experienced then. And so I hit the pavement running. Oh, yeah. So I hit this hustle. Mm -hmm. You know, I was in school. I had the kids. I was trying to make money. I was trying to do everything. You know, I'm a full-time mother in the, in the city by myself trying to make money, you know, with businesses. I'm taking 21 credit hours wow. in one semester. You know, no mm -hmm. babysitter, me and the kids and no family and i was just going mm -hmm. because i felt like i'd wasted so much time in years prior and um i i'm like you know what if i could tell myself something back then that that person three years ago that i was to enjoy the moments you know to yeah. actually relish in those moments because you won't get them back yeah and, um, you know, I, I promise you, it was like, I, my son was three when we left. And I, I remember one day looking at him like, when did you get so big? And he never <laughs> went anywhere. Yeah. You know, he was with me the whole time. Mm -hmm. But because I was just, I had hit that, that stride where I was just trying to get it so hard. I wasn't taking in the moments, even being at the, you know, the greatest HBCU and correct, 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 <laughs> correct, correct. I did not take in those moments the way that I wish that I could have Absolutely. or taking my time, Absolutely. you know, the way that I could have. I just felt like I had to rush and get things done. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, girl, you did not have to be taking 10,000 classes. <laughs> Absolutely. One semester, you know, stressing yourself out. My, my poor children, they were living off of Publix fried chicken right. because I had no time to cook. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Things like that. But, you know, I really, I would I would tell myself definitely to, to, to slow down and to take in the moments. Like God is going to get you there. You're going to get to where you need to be. Yeah. You don't have to force this in, in your own strength. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that looking back to me three years ago, um, I would probably tell myself this. Okay. So I'm gonna tell myself this, but it's actually something that God told me. So two years ago, um, I was laying in the bed early morning because apparently that's when the Lord likes to speak. Yes. And, um, I remember just being in this place where, so I used to struggle with loyalty being my prison. So if I told you that I would do something, yeah. I wanted to be loyal to that word to a fault because for me, my word is my bond. Mm -hmm. And I remember plain as day, this is all. It wasn't even anything that followed. The Lord said, you have the right to change your mind. And that was a lot for me in that some of the situations I was in, some of the places that I had remained, yeah. some of the friendships that I had held onto, it was solely out of loyalty, not even out of love at that point. It was solely out of loyalty. Mm -hmm. And I think that looking back, if I could tell myself anything, it would be, sis, when it's time to go, it's, you got to go. That's that's in every form. Emotionally, when it's time to let go of that hurt, it's time to go. Physically, when it's time to move, it's time to move. Like in every 
space or every capacity that you could consider, when transition is on your horizon, ride the wave. Because there were some things I don't feel like I completely missed because I do believe that all things work together for the good of those. But I do feel like sometimes disobedience or slowfulness or hesitation when you know that the Lord is pushing you towards the thing, it will cause you to miss out on some opportunities at that time. I always tell people I started off at UF for my first year and I end up transferring to FAMU my second year. Um, and happy birthday again to the greatest happy HBCU birthday. in the world. <laughs> right. So I end up transferring to FAMU. But when I look back over my life, had I one allowed people to talk me out of transitioning to FAMU or had I stayed at UF, I would have never met some of the most amazing people that I've met encountered. I wouldn't have had some of the opportunities that I've had. And, you know, I just used it as a small thing. But even at the top of the year in one of the earlier episodes, I talked about, hey, if you got a business in mind, do it. If you got a venture in mind, do it. You never know what God's plan for you as far as you manifesting it out, what it's going to do for your life. And so that's something that I would say. But now let's flip that. If you have to tell yourself something three years from now, your current self, if there is something that you have to project or prophesy in a sense to yourself three years later, what would that be? Um, Three years from now, that girl, I would tell that girl to um don't don't deviate from the plan don't deviate from god's plan and and don't get so caught up in um moving forward in in a way that when i say moving forward we're always moving forward but i mean like trying to keep up or mm -hmm. trying to you know overachieve trying to don't don't get so caught up in that you know there's a timing of everybody's life Absolutely. and and even when we make those mistakes and you know our navigation system kind of gets knocked off you know god has promised to restore yeah and so don't get so caught up in trying to you know push past everyone else and and achieve things that that everybody else is doing just because everybody else is doing it. Right. Make sure that what you're doing is 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 God's will for your life. Be ever so cautious to to hear his voice, to know when he's telling you which way to go. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. You know, move move forward, but move forward in in your own timing and in your own pace. Yeah, that's good. That's really rich. Um for me, I think that I would tell Charity three years from now is that whatever is meant to be yours will be yours, right? So I was the person that was on a speedy time clock, wanting to hurry up, get stuff yeah. done. You know what? That's part of the reason I tell people why I went straight through school, because I was like, I just want it to be over with. I don't want it to be something that I deal with. Um, but also... Um, on the other side of that, because I felt so in control of my clock, um, there were some things that I wanted to have happen sooner. So yeah. um, the me, you know, three or five years ago felt like I should have been married then. Yeah. Or the me that exactly. launched a business in 2020 felt like I should have launched a business in 2017 or 2016. Exactly. Yeah. But what I have come into is that if it is yours, it is yours. And if you choose to wait on it, because God is so kind that God will give us the choice. And sometimes our impatience puts us in places with people and things that we were never called to be yeah. with. But what, what I would tell her 
you know, girl, if it's yours, if it's yours. So if the car, if the house, if the job, if the man, if the money, whatever it is, if it's yours, it's yours and it will come to you. You don't have to be the person to go and find it all of the time. Now I tell people all the time, fam, you breeds hustlers. They breed go-getters. That's yeah. one thing about it. It woke up the beast in me that was like, gotta get it done. But there are some things that when we are in the perfect will of God, not just the permissive will of God, it yeah. will come to you. I have had job opportunities literally come to me. Yeah. I, my husband to be in what, 70 something days came to me. Yeah. Like everything that is meant to be yours, the Lord will divinely orchestrate that thing to make sure that even if you overlook it, or even if you walk past it, that it comes back and sits in your lap. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to end this episode with a question and I'm gonna let Tashay wrap it up. If there's somebody who's listening today, who's dealing with baggage or who feels like they just have so much, you know, they're dealing with it. They don't even know how, what advice would you give to them? Um, dealing with baggage, I would first tell them, um, Wow. To, to, to be considerate and to be kind to yourself, mm -hmm. you know, be kind to yourself. Sometimes we really forget that, Yeah, that you have got to be kind to yourself. Give yourself grace. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No matter where you are in life, where you, like you said, where you thought you would be, right. you know, you, we let that weigh us down our expectations, uh, other people's expectations be delivered from people in mm -hmm. Jesus name. In Jesus name. <laughs> be okay. delivered from people. Seriously, be delivered from your expectations, from your timetables. It's nothing wrong with keeping an organized system for where you want to go and what you want to do. But if it doesn't happen at that exact time, know that your timing is the, is what God has right. in, in, in store. It's, it's his plan for you. Yeah. So be kind to yourself. Be delivered from people and their expectations and their opinions and yeah. their thoughts. Yeah. Um, and that's what I would tell people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, final thoughts, guys, just in considering baggage. Um, I had the visual of being in an airport. So, you know, you have baggage that belongs to you that you can go claim after you finish your flight or wherever you've been, you can go and claim what's yours. Well, baggage doesn't have to be the weight. It can be the fruits of the spirit. It can be the blessings of the Lord. And we have to get to a point in our life where baggage becomes baggage claimed, where our baggage or quote unquote baggage are the things that we do want to put on the whole armor of God, love, joy, peace, happiness, you know, it doesn't have to be long suffering. It doesn't have to be endurance of pain or whatever else, but that we can transition into a season, especially in this last leg of the year to where we are claiming the baggage that the Lord has designed for us. We are supposed to be the light of the world so we can carry the light. We can claim the light. We can claim God's love. And I think that ultimately, if we get to a point where we relinquish the baggage that's weighing us down and begin to claim quote unquote what we are supposed to hold on to um that the lord has designed for us to hold on to will live prosperous lives so thank you sister for joining thank us today um we will hear from sister again because listen when it comes to jesus and justice sister goes and so <laughs> at some point we're going to talk about it um but we just want to get some other things out the way so again thank you for joining us if you haven't already please subscribe to the podcast 
The YouTube page also has some new videos up. So make sure you go subscribe to the YouTube, um, Facebook, Instagram, all of it. You'll find me there. Stay in touch because we will be streaming the Marshall Wedding in two months so <laughs> we're gonna have some really cool amazing updates for you all um if you want to join in that's perfectly fine but until then remember that we are walking in grace living by faith and continuing to consume and exude god's love until next time